Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, cats. Cat, cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, his buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you, May 23rd, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Roll Big F Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. To start your new week, could not ask for better weather in late May. There's a little nip in the air if you go outside. Feels really, really nice. Feels nice to get back into the swing of things, do a little bit of sports radio. We had a huge weekend, a mm-hmm. lot to talk about. Nick Roush, what did I miss last week? Um, a little bit of something, something, but not a lot of something, something. Either way, we we had a, a good time uh, without you. Hope you enjoyed your vacation. Uh, I'm I'm really glad you had a fun parking lot party, uh, Mr. Sports Talker. Did the rest of the trip uh, work well for the, the Walker clan? Yes, it did. I'll tell some stories as the show goes on, I'm sure, or maybe throughout the week if they pop into my head. But it was great. It was uh, really, really enjoyable. I would imagine um, my my family is probably listening this morning to, to hear what I've got to say about it. It was really good just to have a week off work, to be honest with you. Um, but on top of that, spending time with family was really, really nice. And then we came back. We got in like Friday, really early Friday morning. So then just clean the house Friday and Saturday. So then it wasn't like, you know, you scramble back into town on Sunday. Got to get everything ready before you head to work the next day. Blah, blah, blah. The house is a mess for the rest of the week. Nope. The house is all straightened away. Did some shopping for some new furniture on Saturday as well. So all in all, it was a, a phenomenal week recharge the batteries and then now knee deep into summer radio i'm ready to to rock and roll justin how how did you enjoy the last week uh it was fun yeah it was a lot of fun we i didn't really anticipate it being or us having as much talking points as we did but we we were able to make it work although in fear of giving you a big head we did miss you tj we could have used you it's glad to have you back I was able to, to tune in a couple of times. First off, you all gave you all gave some some tickets away via a caller, correct? Four, uh, Several. Was it three days of calls. Yeah, or three. four days of calls. Three, Jason? yeah, three, three days of calls. Yep. Okay, because yeah. on Tuesday 
you just weren't answering the phone. Oh, wow. I might have might have already had somebody on it, the line. If I have somebody on the line, I don't answer. Tuesday was when why we were you, working answer, remotely. Why and, wouldn't you answer and say like, "Hey, we got somebody on the line. Call, you know, we'll get you back." I could have done that. I, I, I just don't understand the radio producer mindset of like people are trying to interact with the show. Let's do everything possible not to not to engage with. So them. my I don't understand. That. My aspect is I just don't trust the technology. I've never me personally, I've never done the two callers on the phone at the same time. So when I've got one, I don't really want to push my luck and answer that second one, you know. So that that's where it comes from for me. So maybe I just need to get more comfortable with the phone system and be okay with having two people on the line at the same time. See, the thing is though, Justin, is we didn't we didn't take calls on Tuesday. We were we were working remotely with Luckett on the line. So I think you just didn't see the call coming in. That's true. Yeah, we didn't take calls Tuesday. So that, yeah, pretty sure. might have been me well, hand maybe, up. Well, maybe 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 it was Monday then. Uh, Tuesday is when I listened. Like I got maybe five to ten minutes in most days. There's a couple days I didn't get to hear any of it. But uh, Tuesday was when I heard Adam Luckett say that there are many people like Keon Brooks in the NBA. And what what the hell was that all about? I think his point, it would be more well taken if Keon's uh, mid-range shots would fall from three. But, yeah, yeah, I, a lot of people push back on that one. Like, yeah. there, yes, there are fours that can shoot very well. I, I don't know if we put Keon in the category of fours that can shoot very well. Uh, that was funny. And then, then Roush on Friday. Holy smokes, Roush. You may you just need to get somebody to fill in with you if you're that tired, buddy. <laughs> you you just tuned into the last 15 minutes when yeah. I looked down and I was just out of topics. Yeah, like, oh, Friday's God, what are we gonna do? And I was just gonna say Friday's show was a lot of fun. So I yeah, it was it was just the last 15, 20 minutes where we were out of topics. I mean, we had nothing to talk about. So the rest of the show was good. I I was shocked at the lack of of um, excitement that folks had for the Saban Jimbo. We had zero texts about Saban versus Jimbo, and that's like I could have done a whole show on it, but nobody wanted to talk about it, so I had to kind of just move on. It was it was very bizarre because that was uh, TJ. That's that's one thing we should catch up with with you uh, because you were on vacation. Did you did you see this that all of that unfolding in real time, and were you just as shocked as everybody else was? Well, while I give you all jokingly a hard time, thank you for filling in. And what I did listen, I was entertained, uh, even if it was kind of just like laughing in some regards. <laughs> uh, mostly just the Friday was hilarious to me. You just sounded so pooped out. But a full week of radio doing it, it, it can do that to you. Uh, the Jimbo, but all in all, good stuff, guys. The Jimbo Saban stuff was surreal, I think is the word really to sum it up. I was on the couch kind of scrolling and watching, like looking at my phone. I was like, wait, is that a real quote? Or is this like The Onion or Babylon Bee or something? And I was like, oh, crap, that's a real quote. And then you saw you saw more of it. it, it well, you, you knew that Jimbo was going to hold that press conference. So I guess, you know, you knew that he was going to address some of these topics. But just how off the rails it went really from quote one you weren't sure if he was just gonna defend texas a&m you know not not throw any shots but maybe maybe some subtle shots here or there nope just dove right into it and went right for for saban's throat it was super entertaining 
while the SEC was all ticked off and upset and blah, 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 I think it's great for the conference. I think it's great for college football. And it just reaffirms my my notion that we're going to have a college football Super League and uh, it'll be NFL-like. You'll have people talking trash all throughout it. It's going to be a really, really good time. But I loved every bit of it. I think both of them are just full, completely full of crap. I think they're both cheaters, and that's what makes this entire thing even better, which is funny from like an outsider standpoint, just looking at – like I'm sure A&M fans are like, that's rich coming from Alabama, do, 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 do. And Alabama fans are like, yeah, we've been dominant for 15 years, but we've been cheating and haven't gotten in any trouble. Yeah, right, A&M. But in reality, both of you all are buying players. And Saban, if you're naive to believe that's not happening at your school, it's hilarious. And then Jimbo – don't protest too much, I say. Yeah, <laughs> Rich coming from Alabama and Saban, but holy smokes, I, I liked what Spurrier said. Did Saban say anything wrong? Did he say anything that wasn't true? And I think that's also, I think Jimbo needs to realize that. But I love it. Uh, I love the pettiness of it. These are old men, grown adults. They should have better perspective of life. And here Jimbo is saying, I didn't take his call. He's done. We're done. <laughs> like It's a sport, you goobers. But it was oh. awful. It made for that, – that's wild that the texters weren't into it. Yeah, yeah, and I think some of it's just uh, the, it, the initial reaction on Thursday. I mean, that happened – you know, two hours after our show ended. So it was just the whole day of kind of consuming it. So I'm, I'm guessing that's why some people uh, maybe weren't as locked in. They were busy just listening to, to Fine Bomb or something. But it, it, despite all that, TJ, it really oddly felt like it was just kind of captured in one day because there was a lot of, a lot of sports uh, happening throughout the weekend. I mean, uh, I, I, I parked myself in front of a television on Sunday and just did not move all day. Now, some of it, my back is just all out of whack. Uh, I, I wore dress shoes to a wedding on Saturday and I hadn't worn them in a long time. And I, it was just a, it was very much so a wake up call. Like Roush, you can't, you gotta be, you, you gotta take care of yourself better, buddy. Or you're going to be throwing your back out and just a, a mess. But I was at least rewarded with the PGA championship, Kentucky softball. We had Kentucky Tennis uh, making a historic run, and you, even the Batcats making some noise. And I, it, it was awesome. It was awesome to have sports. I, I did my best, TJ, to try to enjoy it as much as possible because the the fun sports Saturdays they're they're not gonna sports weekends in general they're not gonna last much longer. Memorial Day is coming up, and that's that's when the dry season really re really starts to rear its ugly head. Yeah, you're right. And this was an awesome weekend. I watched more, and this is this is true. I watched more of the PGA Championship than any golf event in my lifetime. Same. And, and <laughs> maybe maybe that's the perks of like the vacation just hit at the right time. But Thursday watched or and even listened to a good chunk because we were starting to drive home. So listen to some of it on the radio, which is golf on the radio, the most entertaining radio you're going to get. Absolutely not. Is it a good yeah. way to make a couple hours fly by without you even knowing it? Absolutely. So listen, watched it, listened to it. Friday while we were cleaning and whatnot, had it on in the background. Saturday, more of the same. And then I, here I was, I, this is true, on Sunday morning I wake up and – check out the tea times and what time everybody's going off and the pairings and whatnot. And I'm like, gosh, here it is, the golf tournament I've watched the most of. Even if I didn't watch a second of it on Sunday, it still probably would have been the most golf I'd consumed over a weekend. 
but here's here I am going into and I recognize like two names in the top five of the leaderboard. Some of them had sound for you know all of them had sound familiar except uh, except the Chilean. He he, oh, we're gonna have to talk about that. But was uh, I was like, of course, this is the tournament I watch the most of, and it's going to be some winner that I'm very I, I know nothing about. But as Sunday mm-hmm. progressed, PGA Championship is the best major in my opinion by far. I think they play the nicest courses. They have a perfect blend of really tough, but also scorable. Uh, yeah. Where I think U.S. Open sometimes just gets like outlandish with. Hey, this isn't even really golf anymore because you're hidden out of a four foot bush in the rough and yep. deal with it. That's what you got to do. Masters is great, but you know, it's the same course every year. It's beautiful and it's really nice. And then the British Open, I think, or the Open, underrated. I enjoy it, but it's uh, it's still behind the PGA for me. And then, sure enough, as the day goes on, big names start to kind of make some charges. Some of the no names start to to falter a little bit. Uh, it goes on, and then. You get just maybe the wildest 18th hole that I've witnessed in golf, Roush. Mm-hmm. What did you make of that? Well, first and foremost, I do need to give a proper shout out to our, our pal Adam Luckett because when he, we did an 11 personnel last week, he had his picks. Mito Pereira was his long shot, and Will Zalatoris was his first or second pick. He, he, he even had some win money on Zalatoris at 28 to 1 that, that oh. had to hurt down the stretch. So shout out to him. I had never heard of Mito uh, Pereira before, and he was right in the thick of it throughout. Um, uh, hell, I had on my little golf league team, I had three of the top four uh, along with Cameron Young and was just moving back and forth with other guys up and down the leaderboard. And Justin Thomas kind of ruined that. I ended up coming in third, but still exciting to watch. Uh, when Mito missed, so I, I thought uh, JT was going to be done when he missed. I mean that that birdie putt was, uh, you know, a half a ball tops to the right, and I was like, oh man, that's tough. But you know what? There's still some time for Mito to mess this up. And when he missed that putt on 17, I was like, oh god, now there's enough room. He had been par saving by the skin of his teeth throughout the back nine. I was like, oh. Now that he's got a little bit of a wiggle room, I, I, I could see this being a three-person playoff. I did not anticipate, though, that not only would he put one in the water, but then when he went to chip onto the green, it just rolled right off the back. That was that was even more disappointing. He really he really Jean Vandevelded it, and I I was too young to know that. But that's like uh, ever since I was a kid on the golf course with my dad or something. If anybody messed up, he would just, you know, Nick Vandeveld over here, or like that. That was always the 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 joke. Um, and that, Vandeveld was much worse, though. I think he had like a two or three shot league. He had to triple to force a playoff, and then lost in the playoff. This one was just a one stroke lead, and he doubled it to miss the playoff. But I, I have not seen a collapse like you said, TJ, on eighteen. May, it, maybe a few smaller tournaments. Uh, like uh, we had that one where they went to like seven playoff holes last year uh, at that, like the the mm-hmm. Liberty or Northwestern Financial or something like that. But this was this was a choke job unlike any other. And when they went in the playoff, I just knew like, all right, this is Thomas is he's feeling him, himself right now. He's got his head right. Uh, just get out of his way because he's going to win this damn thing. 
Scooch, what do you think about it, buddy? I really enjoyed so the whole tournament was crazy. I too, TJ, had I've never actually listened to golf on the radio. I listened to almost the whole like last five, six holes yesterday on the radio. So that was cool. It was it was yeah, it's not the most entertaining thing, but it kept me entertained because it kept me aware of what was going on on the court. So I was able to get home or on the course. So I was able to get home and see uh, Pereira's third shot, I guess, towards the green. So I, I caught up right there. But going into the extra holes or the playoffs, if you will, I loved watching that. Zalatoris and Justin Thomas getting the golf cart rides and just getting crowd cheers everywhere they go. I just put myself in that situation, just how much fun that would be as a golfer and just everyone cheering for you, being one of two guys playing for a championship. It was it was awesome. It would it, it would be sweet, and that, that gosh, there's you could even talk about the playoff holes. There's so much to get to from the PGA Championship. Uh, I know we don't have the biggest golf audience in KRC land, but uh, we're going to talk about it. And shout out to St. Xavier alum Justin Thomas yeah. winning it all. But yeah, on the first playoff hole, Justin in a little bit of trouble, and Zalatoris had the eagle putt, and yeah, there was a very was so little. Close. Yeah, there's a very real scenario where Zalatoris hits the eagle putt, Thomas pars, and boom. You know, you're down two with two whole playoff holes to play. Not a good situation to be in. But instead, amazing chip, hits the putt, Zalatoris misses the eagle putt, boom, both birdie. Second hole, one of, like, the most clutch golf shots that you've seen. Par four, brings out the big dog, gets on the green, has an Justin Thomas has an eagle putt himself. So then that puts the pressure back on Zalatoris, and it, it went back to that 18th hole for the final playoff hole. And it brings me back to Pereira, where he's walking up there. I'm sure if you were watching, you heard this. PFT tweeted it out there, too. But you hear this probably, I'm assuming here, intoxicated fella say, pull out the driver, bring out the driver. And you hear this woman laughing in the background. She's like, play it safe, Nito. Play it safe. You just get the iron. And what does Pereira do there? I'm kind of jumping back between playoff and the end of the 18, but going back to when Pereira played the 18th, he brings out the driver. And, you know, you heard that, and they briefly kind of talked about it. And then the next thing you saw was him teeing off. So even be, like before it even after it, you you didn't know what was going on until after it even happened. And then you see the ball going right, and you're like, oh, well, that's not good. And then I didn't even know there was a little bit of water there on 18. I'd watched it all week and didn't know that. I think they had said only three golf balls had gone into that little creek throughout the entire tournament, which you may say, well, you know, it's three. You'd think you have, what, 70 people playing it four times. That's, it's a lot of, that's a lot of golf shots. Uh, for only a couple of them to go in there. And then on 18, when the leader, the only place he can't be, finds it, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, he goes also, driver, he didn't go iron. And then on eight, real quick, Roush, on yeah. 18th playoff, JT goes driver. He and just absolutely drills it. He catches Smashed that it. little ridge. Uh, and at that point, it was pretty much locked up unless something absolutely wild. But that's just golf for you. Like the, the mental aspect of you go up there, maybe I'm going he, – he supposedly he went driver just because he went driver every time on that hole. He wasn't going to change it up. He trusted himself. Uh, didn't work out. He, and he said the pressure even got to him. It was absolutely nuts, Roush. I, I appreciated the fact, too, that where it went in, you could just – because you saw the ball as it was happening going kind of through the trees, and you're like, oh, no, where's – Where's it going to end up? And then it just cuts cuts to the camera, 
and the ball is six inches underwater right in the middle of it. And you're like, oh. I mean, it was you could not have made it more dramatic than just the ball right there in the middle of the water. It just I my heart broke for Mito uh, because he, he had really I, I mean to to play as well as he did and then to to keep par saving throughout throughout. All he had to do was get one more. Golf, what a just unforgivable sport. I mean, it just whew. But I did there, think there's there's no there's no room for error. Mito did have the right mindset, however, when he got interviewed after the round and they asked him, Well, what do you take away from this? And he said, Look, I came into this tournament just trying to make a cut, and now here I am on Sunday hoping for a win. So I, I really liked that mindset from him. That's that's a good mindset to move forward with. I'm happy JT won, and I generally root for American. So, but I, I was all right with Pereira because he's got a pretty cool story. Mm -hmm. I mean, this time a year ago he wasn't on the PGA Tour. This was his first PGA Championship event. This was his first PGA Championship that he's played in, and there he goes going into hole 72 with only needing a par to win, a bogey to get to a playoff hole, and poor guy just has the collapse of a lifetime. And also on top of that, he took two years off of golf. Just like, hey, I don't know if this is going to work out for me. Two years off, came back, got on the Cord Ferry Tour, and then obviously got on the PGA Tour. And he, he seems like a likable dude. They asked him on, I don't know if it was Saturday, going into Saturday or going into Sunday. I think it was going into Sunday. But just like, hey, this stage for you, exactly what you said, Justin, like he was looking just to make a cut you got to be pretty nervous. Like, how did you sleep last night? And he was like, I am an amazing sleeper. I got 10 hours, no issues with sleeping. I was like, ah, this guy's the man. I wish I could just sleep on a normal night, seven hours. But uh, he seemed like a likable guy, hated that he collapsed. But if he didn't, then Justin Thomas doesn't get his second major victory, which both have come at the PGA Championship. Really cool scene with him and his dad and his family and his fiance. After winning, he got a little emotional he missed he had some like i don't know anywhere 12 to 20 foot birdie putts he had two on the back nine and both of them came just like so close to going in and if he would have got that he could have gotten up to six under seven under sort of and you thought all right well he missed those it's probably not going to fall back far enough where he's going to have a chance but that's that was the beauty of the southern hills course all weekend is if you dip one slip up and boom you're giving back a stroke one big slip up, you may be giving back two strokes. You got to think about it. After Thursday, Rory was four under, right? That's what he finished at four under. Yep. You yeah. just need two more birdies the rest of the weekend. Seriously. And, and even, and he would have been right there. But uh, the course, I, that that was just a fun golf tournament. I was, I was happy that it was the one that I'd watched the most. I got treated with uh, an amazing finish. And Zalatoris, he he's got a bright future ahead of him. I think he's, he's one of the best young golfers out there. Justin Thomas, obviously, really good. Fun, fun weekend in Colorado. I saw the stat where Zalatoris has a top tens in the last seven majors, and they're all the ones he's played in. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, so he's he's really good. He's going to be back. Um, and, and that that's what did make it fun is because if either of those guys at the top three would have won, I would have been happy. Uh, but love seeing the, the local guy, the Louisville guy, win another one. It, it's 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 one thing to just win a major. It's another thing to to stack up a couple. Uh, you know, he he's joining elite company. I know he won the tour, the FedEx Cup one year. 
Um, but it was good to see him bounce back. And and that was the thing too, uh, TJ. Like you made the point. A lot of those guys, I kept thinking like, well, they're done. There was a cold takes exposed had a field day because there were a lot of tweets on Saturday about Thomas being done and they were hanging around even. Like if you just hung around even and other people would mess up and give you an opportunity. That's what happened on Sunday. It was it was a lot of fun to watch. A lot of fun to watch. That's why I, I really I really enjoy the PGA Championship and how they have it set up because you get some of the easier courses and I, you don't generally see this in the majors. Sometimes if the conditions are right at the Masters, they can tear up that course, but uh, they can tear up Augusta. But that's what I liked about it. Like in these, sometimes in just your random tournaments, not your majors, but your other PGA events, when it's like twenty three or twenty four under, you know it's like between two guys there at the finish, if that. But when it when, with the way it was set up, going into like the twelfth hole, it really could have been like one of seven people to win a major, and you just don't generally get that on Sundays, or you don't really get it where it's actually the case. You need somebody just to completely and totally blow up over the course of a few holes. But the way it was set up this weekend, just one hole could get you, and hole number seventy-two was the one that changed everything. To not even make the playoff, you know that's like even if you just go. I know he went driver all week, but you got to think to yourself: if I just go iron, find the fairway, then I'm at least parring. And then even if I hit a bad approach shot, and he ends up doing what he did, Roush, where he's in the rough and it's a really hard lie, so then he ends up hitting it too hard and doesn't even stay on the green. Even if he ends up doing that, then you're tapping in for a bogey at that point, and boom! All right, I get to go to the playoff. I get three more holes to kind of exhale relax and just play some golf again nope instead well, driver finds the water i think uh i think there may be a valuable lesson there i don't know yeah do you go with your well, gut then, or you the, clearly smart obvious thing is but the thing is too is you don't want to get in your own head and start playing overly conservative it's uh, taking the air out of the ball too soon kind of deal so like that it's not just it's not that tough, man. And you're just not messing up with the iron. I say that, and people do mess up with iron. But like you're, you're <laughs> it's, such, it's such the safer shot. And I forget which one of you two meant uh, one out. For, I forgot where I was going to go with it. But there was just so much to take in with that shot, with that decision, and it really kind of looked like us out there a little bit, if we're being honest. It looked more like me. Like, I can hit it in the water. Trust me. I promise I can hit it in the water. Uh, I can chip it from the rough, go all the way over the green, and get on the other side. I can do that. I promise you that. Uh, I'm really good at it. We played golf just once. I wanted to get down there more, but shockingly, Florida, hot. Not sure if people know this or not. Yeah. uh, Really, really hot. Played an amazing course, but... Goodness, I, I had a little Mito moment there on the set on the second <laughs> hole. Like I just kind of lost my swing. Had, you know, it's only the fourth time I'd played this season. Like, kind of just forgot how to swung a golf club. It was the weirdest thing. So I had it was a par four. I got an eight. The next hole was a five. Par five. I got an eight. The <sighs> next hole was a par three. I got a six. It was like the worst stretch of golf I'd ever had in my life. And then I like I I got it back. Um, if we're being honest, I got a beer in me is what happened. I got it back and it was, I ended up playing like probably bogey and a half golf after that, which I was happy with on a tough course and only my fourth time playing the season, but ended up with a 99 double digits. My, my brother-in-law shot a 79. I shot a 99. We're both, we're both double digit scores. My other brother-in-law shot like a 115. 
he was so he's triple digits. He it, we basically labeled it double digit scores and then non double digit scores. So I fell in good company, uh, all things being considered. But, but the course is beautiful. Watercolors, I believe. Watercolors Country Club hmm. down there in like near 30A, near watercolor. Uh, really, really, really beautiful. Probably the second prettiest course I've ever played in my life. Maybe not the second nicest course I've played, but prettiest in terms of just every every hole was like a picturesque 18th hole. It was really, really neat. So uh, maybe some more vacation stories. We got to talk UK athletics. Huge weekend. Yeah, we'll come yeah. back. We'll do that. You're listening to KRC here on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Son, you got a panty on your head. From the coal mines of Kentucky to the California sun, Bobby shared the secrets of my soul. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call. Here on Big X Sports Radio. Roll 1450 AM, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here on your Monday morning. Maybe get a light jacket before you head out to your day. It's a little chilly out there, and it's going to stay chilly most of the day. I love it. Sign me up for it every day of the week and twice on Mondays. But, uh, yeah, this week's not going to be too bad. I heard the weather was pretty nice last week, too, when I was gone. It was. was Yeah, yeah. We had... We had a few hot days, though, Scoots. There was a couple days last week where it was miserable. It's kind of nice waking up and it being cool outside. Well, you all know me. I'm all about my hot days. But, yeah, I, I admittedly had to grab a hoodie this morning before I walked out the door. So, take that for what it's worth. Yeah, I would, I'd love to get out and, and be able to to play some golf. Not going to be the sunniest day that you'll ever see today, uh, but plenty of sunshine in the forecast. Big week of mm-hmm. sports coming up here uh and that's a memorial good day weekend early 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 forecast calling for sunny and 85 so right what you want to see to, to to get out on the water for that first uh weekend of summer yeah and summer is the perfect time to get some new shades and shady rays is changing the way you wear sunglasses Outdoors, Shady Ray sunglasses offer industry best combination of fit, style, performance without the big brand price tag. And I can confirm Shady Rays is a sunglass company for Kentuckians, by Kentuckians, and exclusively for KRC listeners. Shady Ray offering 25% off. So you wow. can use them, try them out, and see what they're all about. Use code Big X at checkout for 25% off all adult shades. That's code Big X at checkout. You will save. 25% on your Shady Rays. We're happy to have them Oh man, the Sports family. That's an awesome deal, especially because I just, I mean, I like to have two pairs of sunglasses and uh, just one of them I just broke, like literally this weekend broke part one of my pair. So I, I need to upgrade. I'm going to use promo code Big X with Shady Rays. 
Well, this, this, you know, they give us different reads for different days, but I am a huge fan of Shady Rays, so I'm just going to jump into that. Roush, speaking of broken sunglasses, it doesn't stop equality for Shady Rays. They offer the most insane warranty in all of eyewear, and that's factually true. Every pair is backed by a loss and broken replacement. If you lose or break it, even on a day one, even on your first day getting them, they will send you a brand new pair. So you can drunkenly go to the lake with confidence and say, if I jump into the water and I lose my shades, I'm getting a free pair of shades. Wow. It's uh, it, it's a pretty sweet deal they got going on there. I've got a lot of friends that have been using Shady Rays for years, and they love it because they know if, hey, if something messes up, I'm getting a pair. And then, too, it's so cheap anyways that if you lose your extra pair, and they're, they're quality sunglasses too. But yeah. we'll talk more about them uh, later on, maybe even this show. Man, that's but awesome. we love Shady Rays. You'll love them. Okay. Huge UK sports weekend kind of came Man. out of left field, Roush. You had baseball team needing to take care of some business and maybe needing a little help elsewhere to be able to go to the SEC tournament, which, you know, we'll talk about that in its own right. UK softball NCAA tournament. They were in Blacksburg for the regional against Virginia Tech. They won in dramatic fashion in the in the single or the double elimination portion. Gave them a nice comfy spot where they only needed to win one more to advance to the super regional, which UK has been in the super regional very frequently under Kara Lawson. Eight out of uh, her 15 years they made it. And I think it's 15 straight NCAA tournament appearances too. And just uh, – uh, the 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 way they won that first game was incredible. They had like a long rain delay, came back, and then Renee Abernathy hits a three run bomb to to put UK over the top. Uh, but I I watched most of both games on Sunday. Was doing the the phone with the softball in one hand and had the 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 PGA on on the on the television. And man, they were just they were so close. The first game they couldn't find the strike zone. Walked in two runs. I mean you can't. Come on, we were walking runs in. Like, it's just silly. Uh, but the second game, Virginia Tech's coach got tossed in the second inning, I want to say, uh, right out of the gate. And Kentucky had hit a couple home runs. They had an early 3 2 lead, didn't let a, a hokey on base for four innings. And then in the bottom of the fifth, Virginia Tech hit a three run home run to take the lead, kind of opened up the floodgates. Um, but the Cats, they rallied. Uh, they scored a run uh, to get within one. So they had a runners on first and third with two outs, uh, trailing by only one, but but couldn't get either of them home uh, to win the game. So it, it was a great game, a great effort, but ultimately Rachel Lawson's squad ended up on the short end of the stick to the third-ranked team in the country. Yeah, they, they had their – I do feel like Virginia Tech, probably the better overall squad UK was – fortunate to grab that win but they did have leads in the other two games they needed to win and just couldn't yeah. find a way to close them out that that umpire had an insane strike zone you really had oh my gosh you really had and I, I was already he was pretty consistent for the most part i didn't watch all of it i was again i was watching predominantly golf but uh he he was what i saw mostly consistent at least but really made it tough on those pitchers where you had to put it right on the money which could lead to a hit or a home run or you were going to get a, a ball called on you. But I, 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 I'm ready for softball to kind of get back to the College World Series. It seems like they've really elevated the program, respectable nationwide, but they're still not really one of the, the big wigs, and you hope that they can continue to make those steps forward. 
Baseball taking on another ranked opponent in the SEC. It is not surprising to have that happen frequently. UK welcome Auburn for the, I guess, senior day weekend, the final series, yes. the season finale. And one, two out of three, which they they have they've hung tough in a lot of series. They have won a couple of them, even against some ranked opponents. Obviously, the number one Tennessee series was their highlight of the season up to this point. There were Series wins over top 20 teams. I think five over top 25 in the RPI. So I think, I think they play well against good teams. Yeah. I think the Batcats are a, a solid baseball team. They're, I don't think they're they're not national title contenders, obviously. Most likely they're going to miss out on the NCAA tournament. I, I think it's a solid team, which makes it even all more frustrating just knowing how many good players they lost. And if you don't lose those players, this is probably definitely a tournament team. And maybe even a team that sneakily – could get to a super regional. You never, you never really know in the game of baseball. But uh, instead, they lost a lot of really good players. A lot of those good players are doing some nice things at other colleges. And this team's just mostly ho hum. But they fight. They hang in there. They ended up not needing to win the series anyways because Missouri had lost to Georgia. Blah blah blah. But they took care of their own business, yeah. and they will be in Hoover, where they will have a rematch against Auburn tomorrow. And huh. all baseball. Are basically saying that's a must-win for UK because that first round in the SEC tournament, if you're not what seeds one through four, it's single elimination. Mm -hmm. So the loser UK Auburn will be heading home, and then the winner gets into the double elimination portion. So right. if Kentucky can beat Auburn, you'll at least get two chances to beat what will most likely be a ranked opponent or at least a at least a good team. And you do, I think, if they could get two wins in Hoover then they really will be on the bubble sweating it out. If you get more than that, all right, you're doing yourself a favor. If you go oh, if you go oh and done, you just lose to Auburn and you're out, then I think Nick Mingione gets fired sometime this week, to be honest with you. Uh, but it's all it, – they, they control their own destiny to some extent. Just keep winning and you're probably going to get find yourself in the NCAA tournament. Um, you, you go the other way, you do the alternative, and, and the season's going to come to a close. But – Nice fight against Auburn this weekend to get the series win, and and their season continues. Nick Roush. Yeah, it was. Um, I you got to applaud them for being able to respond when their backs against the wall. Um, I think it was. Uh, I, I I think it was a five-one lead whenever the rain delay pushed them to do a double header uh, on Friday, uh, but they were able to close out the final three innings, get that win, and then going into Saturday. Like you said, there was that scenario where uh, Missouri lost to Georgia, or I, I forget which way it was, could get them in. But you controlled your own destiny. Win, take care of business, and you're in. And that to, to go out there and play well and, and get that W, huge. So you, you got to applaud them for being able to respond to adversity. It is a little frustrating that you didn't take care of business against, you know, the the not top 20 teams, uh, it, they, they played up to their competition, but they played down to it as well. Uh, and maybe if you don't do that, then you're not sitting so firmly on the bubble uh, going into the SEC tournament. But uh, that that's the thing, TJ, is I don't – I still, even if they did lose right away in the SEC tournament, I don't know if they do get rid of Mingione or not because this feels like the teams that no. he just always has. I have been as critical as anybody, but I don't, I don't know which – what Mitch Barnhart would do because they haven't really regressed, but they haven't really improved. So I, 
I, I have no idea what Barnhart would do, but you do got to at least credit him for scrapping together uh, in the last month of the season against some really good baseball teams. Well, first, a, a texter on the Thornton's text line. Remember, pop into Thornton's, best way to start your week. You need some coffee. We're all dragging. We got a holiday weekend coming up, which is great, but it's going to make it seem like it's really far away. You got to get through Monday, and you got to get to, through Tuesday. These next two days, get through those, and I think the back half of the week will be rocking and rolling. Get yourself a sweet treat from Thornton's. They got donuts, they got breakfast sandwiches, and hot, fresh coffee to really get your day jump-started. Thornton's, they're great. Send us a text, too, on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. One texter, uh, I'm very thankful for this text. I need to apologize. Rachel Lawson, not Kara Lawson. Sorry to Rachel Lawson. How <laughs> dare I? Uh, Justin, Kara, head coach at Duke. Exactly. Uh, Justin, I'm sure you probably weren't listening to the broadcast on Thursday, but I was listening to it, and I wish I knew who this guy was. But he was talking, and he was like, oh, no. I'm, we're getting word that one of our sideline reporters out in the field was struck by a golf ball. Paige oh, yes. oh, heavens, this is not good. Our thoughts are with Paige. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll update you when we get, you know, this golf. So, like, it's really quiet. It's, like, mm-hmm. really quiet. So, we'll get, we'll get an update for you when we get back. Uh, right now, we're going to kick it over to the fourth to, to Gary. Well, actually, it's Sage. I'm sure she doesn't mind, but yeah, your sentiments are shared. We're hoping that she's okay. Uh, we've got Rory here. He bumps it up. Oh, it's going to be about three yards short. Okay, back to you, Frank. Oh, oh, that's that's an embarrassing. Uh, apologies to Blage Steele. He messed it up again. Who wow! After he like called out for messing it up on Sage, he came back and it almost sounded like he was like mocking. Just like it was just what other random word can I put in front of AGE? And uh, I don't, I forget which one he picked, but yep, got it wrong twice. I really wish we had the audio for that because it probably would have gone viral, but have no idea how to even go well, uh, about doing that. But how, how was Sage in all seriousness? So that's what's crazy is that because I, I didn't know this until like I, I saw a, a story in the New York Post that had it, but at the time, ESPN, it wasn't on their broadcast because it went so far out of frame. They didn't even say anything on air about her getting hurt. And there was just an account of a reporter seeing her face covered in blood, and she ended up having to go to the hospital and then was just taken off and went, went back home to Connecticut. So um, real bizarre, especially because, I mean, she sued ESPN this spring. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> things have uh, been contentious between the two. Uh, she sued them for – um suspending her for her comments about vaccines or something like that and ESPN saying they didn't suspend her for that um so really uh really contentious between the two and really odd that they didn't even bring that up or acknowledge it whatsoever well the, the crappy I know, thing I didn't realize all that the crappy thing is that she was done working for the day like she wasn't even working when she got hit that's yeah that's the worst part of it but did yeah. uh, that also happened to Aaron wise did you all see that he got hit in the head with a golf ball um off an errant cam Smith shot so that was pretty great two two heads get hit in one tournament yeah Whew. yeah it's a it's a it's a dangerous game but sorry to go off that little side rant the going back to UK baseball Ralph you are right uh, if if Mitch Barnhart just randomly extended Nick Mingione when the baseball program has had one good season under his watch. Then I guess it's not, it wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world is if a week, let's say UK loses to Auburn, the season's over, bada boom, bada bing. 
if in a week goes by, we don't hear anything. Two weeks go by, we don't hear anything. It wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world, but goodness gracious. I feel like Mitch is already starting to wave the white flag with the baseball program. Uh, another year of Mingio, unless something absolute, unless there's a UK women's basketball like run through the SEC tournament, unless something just absolutely drastic happens, you, you got to rip this band aid off and go in a different direction and try to get a little bit of juice back into the baseball program. I knew somebody that went to the games this weekend and said that the crowd was actually like better than they thought it was going to be. Like a bunch of families were there and stuff like that. You can get good crowds at, at UK baseball games. You can get people caring about UK baseball. You just need to be good. So yeah. uh, I, I, I hope that's not the case, Roush. You kind of got me now. You got me all nervous. But, I, but hell, I, I want them to make a run. You know, I saw some people on message boards debating, like, should you hope that UK baseball loses <laughs> just so you can move on and not have any doubt? No, I'm always going to cheer for UK athletic teams. I'm always going to want them to win. Uh, same with Green. You know, I don't want Green Bay to tank for draft picks and blah, blah. When their team's playing, you want them to win. That's just the sport. It's competitive. You want them to win. But all that being said, I want UK to win, and then I want them to make a commitment to winning, and that's by getting a new head coach after this season, in my opinion. But I'll be following along tomorrow when they're down there. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm hopeful. It's one of those things, TJ, too, where I don't care enough to, should I cheer against them? Or like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I, I'm going to have the game on in the background while I'm working and hope they can get some Ws. Uh, but I, I, I really have no idea which direction Mitch Mohart could go with this in the offseason. Uh, but that's you know that's a bridge we'll cross to in June. That'll be it'll be a nice way for us to fill up a half hour of radio when things get slow. Because it was nice to to have sports to watch this weekend, have stuff to follow along. Um, it's surprising as as much as UK baseball surprised me. Uh, sometimes during the second part of the season, I, I I'm I'm not going to say that I'm a big men's tennis fan, but man, shout out to the UK men's tennis team for just. An improbable run, one upset after another upset after another. The eight seed making it all the way to the national championship before they ultimately got swept by Lachlan McLean's Virginia Cavaliers. A big old suck it to to the Cavs because I, I thought the Cats were going to do it. I thought nothing could stop them. They they got some vengeance against Ohio State in the Final Four, uh, reaching their first ever title game, but they ultimately got swept for nothing. Uh, against those those calves from Virginia. Yeah, had real 2014 UK basketball vibes too. UK goes and, and UK was the seven seed nationally, so it's it is apples and oranges. But uh, it was still this you know tennis. A lot of times, pretty chalky. The the best tennis players are the best tennis players. Uh, that's just the way that and, and the best teams are the best teams. That's generally the way that it works in that sport. But UK is going on this run. They beat the number one overall seed. They're going to the final four for the first time in school history. It, it's kind of this like happy to be there feeling. And then they win their final four again. And now they're going to the national championship. And heck, why not just go ahead and win this thing? You've beaten great teams along the ways. You've avenged from regular season losses. It's it, This is UK's destiny. And then you look at the opponent, and in 2014, it was UConn who had gone on their own insane run, similar to Kentucky's. And you look at UConn, and you're like, oh, crap, they're really, really hot, too. Here's two hot teams going at it. And Virginia, 
they were in fuego. Not only were they upsetting some teams, but they were just basically sweeping everybody. I think at worst in the tournament, they had one. They had given up like one point or whatever it is in, in the tennis. You know, I, I guess it's you have seven matches. So once you win four, it clinches and boom, it's over. Um, they, they were beating everybody. They were beating everybody easily. And UK was their fourth straight SEC opponent they beat. And SEC, good at tennis. So Virginia just kind of railed through them. And Kentucky, unfortunately, the, the last victim. But played all the games you can play in baseball or in tennis, excuse me. You went to the national championship game, went as far as you could, came up a little bit short. That was an awesome season. Uh, I had the privilege, because he's a great dude, but after college, up until maybe like, I don't know, four years, three years ago, I'd run into Eric Quigley, who is one of UK's best tennis players of all time. Quiggy Smalls? Like once a month, it seemed like. Probably once every couple months is what it really was. But he was he, he is an awesome dude. Really, really nice. He, he, he kind of entertained some professional tennis here and there, played in some tournaments. I know he went to Illinois. A, a ton of former players went. This is going to be really big for the tennis program. And UK is already pretty well established, especially internationally. Uh, this is only going to help. And I don't think it'll be the last time you see UK tennis in a Final Four. Probably won't be the last time you see UK tennis play in a national championship. All of that's pretty cool stuff. And you got to give uh, all the credit in the world to the head coach, uh, uh, Cedric Kaufman. Oh, man. Shout out, shout out, shout out. I wish I could provide more in-depth analysis. Um, our guy, Troy Howe. Troy, if you all haven't followed Troy, I don't think there's a bigger sports fan in the world. He he loves tennis. He loves high school sports. He does a little bit of both for KSR. He, he celebrated his 40th birthday by going to the NCAA National Tennis Tournament and just Ooh. riding that wave. So I, 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 for somebody who loves Kentucky and tennis, it was the perfect dream scenario for him. Um, Drew joked like I was going to write a tennis preview. Then I saw his and realized I don't know anything about tennis. This dude just uh, he, he's, he's living the dream right now. Very happy that he got to enjoy that magical run. And also just it's awesome that we have somebody at KSR who knows and cherishes stuff like that that I just can't. I can't even begin to process like I would just watch and be like, oh, that look good. I, I have no idea. No idea how he knows what he knows. He just he's he's just a smart smart tennis guy. Well, it's going to be a great another great year for UK Athletics in the Directors Cup or whatever that like where you combine all your athletic yeah, program. Yeah. Uh, it probably be you know probably be right there around a top 10 finish, maybe even better than that, but women's you basketball. got the conference tournament win in women's basketball, yeah. that helps it. Uh Men, football. Team team football gets 10 wins, tennis goes to the national championship. Volleyball had a good season. Um, I'm sure we're, we're, we're missing some, but you, you kind of can go rifle. Do they, they win the national championship yep, again? Yep, they won it again. Yeah. Track and field. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's uh, it, another great year, which, again, you know, we, we can point and pick out a million things about Mitch Barnhart. We often do here on this radio show, but we always try to keep it pretty realistic that UK athletics under his watch has been good across the board, has been good. Uh, I wish he could have gotten another national championship with the tennis team yesterday. I know that would have meant a lot to him, but mm -hmm. they were right there. And I, like I said, I don't think that'll be the end for UK tennis. They got a really young team even collectively right now. A lot of their best players are, are young guys. So, all right, we'll come back. Hour number two, 
We've got a lot more to get to. We'll need to talk some recruiting. We'll need to talk some basketball. And we'll need to get to the Thornton sex line. Don't leave us hanging. Send in a text, 502-414-1450. Kentucky Roll Call. We'll be right back. Roll Call. Whoa, back Betty. Bam, a lamb. Whoa, back Betty. Bam, a lamb. She really gets me high. Bam, a lamb. You know that's no lie. Bam, a lamb. She's so rock steady. Bam, a lamb. And she's always ready. Bam, a lamb. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on the Radio. 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. The KRC crew, happy to be back doing some radio. Fun not working for a little bit. Always miss home. Missed more than anything else was, there's no salsaritas in Florida, Roush. Nope. It's unfortunate. No wildly get addictive addictive chips. Chips. Nope. No salsa. fresh, spicy salsa. Yeah. It was a bummer. So we ate well. We ate good. There was plenty of nice seafood options, but there were no salseritas. You'll find those in Louisville. There's one in Middletown off Shelbyville Road. There's one in St. Matthews off Hubbard's. The Middletown one has a drive through Check them out today. Download the Salseritas app. It'll save you money. An affordable, delicious lunch that is quick, easy, and you don't. You, when you go to some other lunch places, I'm not going to mention any names, they don't have wildly addictive fries. They don't have wildly addictive subs. No, they don't. But Salsaritas does have something that's wildly addictive. That's why they're worth it. Check them out. You will not be disappointed. We love Salsaritas. All right. Roush, we got to talk UK recruiting and this and that and the other. We'll get to that. But I know that you're chomping at the bit for a little horse racing talk. I nearly forgot about the Preakness, if we're being honest. It went from something that I think if you have Rich Strike running in it, it's one of the more anticipated preaknesses in a good bit. He doesn't. TJ ends up almost forgetting about it. I mm-hmm. I watched, had to get a little skin on the game, put $20 on Epicenter, uh, knowing that the juice and the value really wasn't all that good, but I thought he was the best horse in the field. So the same thing with Derby. I'll let it ride. Same thing with Derby. He comes in second, Roush. Yeah, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. And – I, I think when discussing this race uh, with all of you all on Friday on KRC, I was speaking from my heart. I hate I hate betting Preakness horses that didn't run in the Derby. It's just my, you know, well, if you're it's a really good horse, it would have ran in the Derby. But the, the, the math equation was simple. It was, hey, the Kentucky Derby field was weaker this year than normal years. You had a huge long shot come in. I'm the horse that has the long layover probably that's more well rested probably has a better chance than the horses that came off two weeks rest. So I, I ended up riding early voting and uh, that horse, the, the, the runner up in the wood Memorial, they got beat at the wire by a closer did not get beat this time around went wire to wire or not wire to wire. I guess it was kind of in second there behind a big long shot there for a while, but ran the, the perfect race that Chad Brown wanted that horse to run. 
Um, and that was that was where the value was. Um, it was about six to one going off. So I, I saved my money back special uh, for that one. And then even got a little nice trifecta out of it with the, the two in there. So um, it was a nice day. Although, so our, our friend JK47, he had himself a hell of a 24-hour run. Uh, Justin, can you just go through your your winnings from uh, between when you scratch that scratcher off and then how you ended the day Friday? Does that include Trace Jackson Davis? Because that felt like a bigger win than almost all my wins. That, that includes it. Yeah, yeah, throw it in there. You so, had yourself a great 24 hours. I did. So I won the 555 on the scratch off, and then Trace Jackson Davis announces he's coming back, which – I wasn't really surprised on that. I think I told you all from the get-go that he'd be back. But then him getting COVID at the NBA Combine, of course, sealed his fate in that. So that was nice for him to come back. And then I hit a 14-1 to on a race at Pimlico. You know what the horse's name was? That's right. Couldn't pass that up. I, I see a horse named <laughs> That's Right. I have to bet that horse. And it ends up winning 14-1. to And then I hit the next race as well. It was only like 5-1. to But still, it was a, it was a great run for me. That is oh, sweet, man. Justin. Happy for you, buddy. Yeah. yeah. That's right. I am too. College it, basketball, it, again, best crop of big men returning since, I don't know, some, somebody older than me is going to have to let me know because it, it's all the good guy, all the almost all the great big men in college basketball la- next last year are returning for this year with obvi- some few exceptions. It's going to make it yeah, fun. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's like the 80s again. Every, every, all the big men are, are coming back to dominate the game, so – should be exciting. Um, but it, it was funny, though, Justin, because as you were racking up your wins and I was texting you on Friday, I was just getting – like I was thinking too much and just didn't blindly bet Brad Cox. And he had the horse that won the Black-Eyed Susan. And he, he had a lot of winners, so much that they had to put Hot Trainer under his name when he had horses entered into races on Saturday. Um, so I, shout out to you, though, for, for getting those dubs. I got a couple dubs, too. On Saturday at the wedding, there's nothing quite like watching sports on your phone while at a wedding, waiting for things <laughs> to get going. You know, just doing the the, the cocktails while sitting at the table. That, that's always a good time, feeling like you're getting away with something. Scoots, nothing to add to that? Seemed like he was directing at you. I, I mean, no, not really. I, I, I did go to a wedding yesterday, though, although we didn't have uh, we didn't have adult beverages. We had coffee, so that wasn't wasn't cool. A Sunday, a Sunday wedding with, without adult beverages too. Yeah, coffee? Or are they teetotalers? It's what it's called a dry, dry wedding, huh? We had we had coffee and tea. Man. It was great. What time was the wedding at? Uh, three thirty, but we didn't <laughs> we didn't eat till like five, so the coffee line didn't open till four thirty. And there's just a line wrapping around this place of people to get coffee. I'm sitting there like, what the hell are we doing? It's five o'clock at night. We're drinking coffee. <laughs> Unbelievable. What a weird wedding. Oh, man. I, I, I've known people that have gone to dry weddings. I know a couple of folks that have been in a dry wedding. I've not heard a fun wedding story from <laughs> any of those folks. <laughs> I did see a, a story that was um, – you get those random stories pop up on, like, the right side of your Twitter timeline. It was, is California sober weddings the new trend? Oh, my and God. I can't imagine having a group of like a hundred people just baked, you know, uh, that, that sounds like 
the, a stoner's wedding sounds way too you you want the energy to be pumped up not mellowed out you're gonna get a bunch of people on the dance floor uh after blowing down some reefer no 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 okay I, yeah, I, you can I, get the you can get some funny dance moves. I wouldn't really call that a sober wedding where everybody's just getting stoned either. They, but they, they call it California sober. Gotcha. Um, yeah. No, I, I, that's a that's a fun that's a funny concept as well. I, and and I'm sure there are some KRC listeners that are like, we had a dry wedding. Are you what, what's what's your beef? If you and your bride don't want to drink, more power to you. I know plenty of couples that didn't have a drop of alcohol on their wedding day, whatsoever. But you got you're inviting a ton of people to mm-hmm. to take up a Friday or Saturday or Scoot's click case a Sunday. You're you're taking up their their time. They're probably happy to be there and celebrate your love. They may just want to be able to drink what they want to drink, Mitch Barnhart. <laughs> they may just want to be able to have what they want to have, and not what you tell them they can or cannot have. Um, in the realm of can I have a little bit of alcohol in my drink or not? So, Scoots, that's pretty wild. But yeah. besides that, it seems like you had a good weekend. Yeah, it was fun. I got to golf. I was supposed to go to the Louisville City game on Saturday. Of course, I don't because of the storms. Ends up not storming, but then they lose their first home game of the year. So, win-win. Oh, wow. Justin, you you cursed them. It might have been my fault, yeah. Yeah, the weather ended up being kind of nice Saturday. Night. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they lost. They turned their – and I'll be making my Lynn family debut this season – on Wednesday, oh, same, nice. uh, same. Nashville in the U.S. Open Cup. Woo! Gonna be Sweet. fun. Gonna be Sprouse, fun. You gonna make it three for three? Oh, uh, I really want to, but it's the it's, it's my big it's it's the only school board meeting that I really need to be there that I have to go to. Wow! It's, it's our year end review. So what yeah. doing that the night that Louisville City's in the round of sixteen in the U.S. Open Cup taking right. on former rival now in the MLS Nashville right down the road at Old Lynn Family. Move the meeting. Move the meeting up to five. You will take care of the sales kids by six thirty. You'll be good to go. Yeah, be good these, these meetings. Up. One thing I've learned about being on uh, an administrative committee meetings that they, 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 they tend to go long. People like to to keep talking. You know, it's like all right, we get it. Let's let's get out the door. Yeah, just move on. And everybody, everybody, move on. But that that'll be cool. Uh, yeah, they did lose first home loss of the season for louisville city it, it did the thing too where it was it looked like it was raining and then it looked like it wasn't going to and we were at we held we were at an outdoor wedding and thankfully it held off during the ceremony and we were all under the tent by the time it was storming but it was storms they did, they did not mess around did not mess around well the nice thing about saturday night was the storms took away the humidity you don't really oh. know after in louisville if like after a storm it's gonna just the humidity is gonna be gone and it feels like awesome outside or mm-hmm. if it's going to be like that sticky where you can almost like feels like you're walking through saran wrap. It's you're just, just so gross. Rolling the dice. Like, please don't let make it more miserable. And it actually, it made it cooler. It's been cool ever since. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of getting uh, a nice little fall spring before summer uh, comes up. They probably have some like old folksy saying for it. I know that the last kind of warm week in like september they call that an indian summer whenever it's turning into fall and you have this kind of surprise warmth don't think I, you I don't, could they, say they, that. i'm sure they have something like that a cool term for it in the spring but i, I don't know what it is seems seems like a problematic term there yep. to me buddy don't think you well, can say that ralph term i don't know mm-hmm. yeah crisscross applesauce big guy <laughs>
Text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. I'm speaking of heat, one more quick thing, and then we'll actually get into sports topics. Shout out to – I will never – you see them everywhere. Every family seems like they've done them or you know a family that has done them. The beach pictures. Shout out to those families. I'll never look at a beach picture the same way again. <laughs> we tried to do it, Roush, in at least beach pictures with toddlers and babies and kids. Right. Because holy smokes. First off, we, we couldn't figure out a good time to do it because bedtimes, dinner times, and yeah. then also mornings are complicated. And you can't do it in the middle of the day in Florida because one, so hot, million people in the background of the pictures. And secondly, yeah, it's so freaking hot. So we were like contemplating whether to do it at night, do it at morning. People were throwing around 6 a.m. start times for the pictures. I was like, there's just not going to happen with kids. You're just not, that's not going to work. So we eventually were able to settle in on seven. And one, we thought, all right, you may be able to beat the heat at seven. It, it, it we, This is going to be the best way we're going to be able to do it. I had never sweated more in my life. We did this the day after I'd golfed. And I golfed 18 holes from like nine to noon in Florida heat and did not sweat nearly as much as a 20 to 30 minute photo shoot on the beach. It was so sticky. It was so gross. Kids were just going absolutely nuts. And I can't wait to see if the, this photographer will really prove if she's worth her weight, if she got any good pictures, because <laughs> it was people crying, Roush. Oh, I was drenched. And she was like, it's all right. It's like everybody kind of gets sweaty on this. You're not going to be able to tell so much. Her camera was like the biggest camera I've ever seen. You're going to see every little drop of sweat on my body. <laughs> There's no way any parts left out. So that was, uh, I'll never look at beach pictures the same way. God, did you have all, did you all, were y'all wearing white shirts? We didn't every, there was no like set uniform or dress code, but I do think like three, three of us were wearing white shirts. Um, so it kind of worked, it kind of worked out that way. Okay. I always like the... about a beach, like, Hey, white. Yeah. I, I just, I think I got, I, ha, I think I have one now, but for the longest time, I probably wouldn't even, I would have just had to wear like one of those thick dress shirts that you, you know, you wear with like a suit in winter. Um, but I, yeah, shout out to you all for, for at least putting forth an effort because there was probably what, like 20 or so kids and children and uh, how, how many people were involved in this? It had to be a lot, right? I think we had 13 or 15. I can't I always get that. I think 13. Six of them under under three and a half or whatever. Yeah, I mean, we tried. We did the uh, family pictures, and it was just three kids, and one of them was six. So you know, you you just had to work on two. I can't imagine that many babies and stuff. I'm uh, gosh, just especially because you're trying to make them happy and giggle. But while you're doing that, you're not smiling as well. So it's just, oh man, that sounds like a nightmare. It was, uh, it was pretty chaotic. It was, it was hilarious. Like I'll never, I'll those pictures are probably gonna always make me laugh. Just the chaos that surrounded <laughs> the, and it only ended up being like a twenty or thirty minute, twenty or twenty or thirty minute photo shoot. I had a hilarious joke that I'll share with our radio audience. Our photographer was easy on the eyes um you know she was like probably in her late 20s or whatever and she did a good job and i we really did feel terrible for her because she tried to get 
like people situated and settled and then I don't wanna and you see some kid run away or something like that and we'd have to go get him and bring him back but we were just kind of debriefing everybody just kind of exhaling once we got back to the to our house and we were talking we were like I think they're gonna be pretty good she was nice she was sweet I was like, oh, yeah, I thought that she was really friendly. Like, I, did she give everybody else her number or just me? <laughs> That's all, pretty good. All the girls like looked up, like, what? And then they realized, <laughs> they realized who it was who was saying, and they knew I was messing around. But it, it was a really fun family vacation. It was good just to let what little hair I have down and be able to relax for a little bit, even in the craziness that was our house. But I, can't I, beat family time, Roush. I enjoy uh, I enjoyed seeing some photos, whether it was Hannah's social media or yours. Uh, I, I really appreciate TJ just smiling blindly, like it's vacation. TJ just giving a big old grin, ear to ear. Hair when the hair is all over the place, that's when you know TJ's having a good time. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, just and beach. You know, again, I don't love Florida heat, but we kind of got lucky. You know, I don't think it even broke into the nineties. Knock on wood, but. Um, it was a good time. People friendly. We were in the kind of 30A area, technically Carolina Beach, which I'd been there before. But nice. Just uh, the, the good thing about those beaches, Roush, not you don't have like people sitting on top of you. It's pretty well spread out. Yeah. My question for you, because there was a lot of people, you don't want to do a lot of cooking on vacation because it's vacation. But dragging that many kids to a restaurant could be a nightmare if that place takes a while. Were, were there any... Uh, disorderly restaurant scenes from this vacation we didn't go out to a restaurant as a family once wow we all we all kind of got in at different times but similar times and our house wasn't ready so there's this bar right by there so we kind of like gathered there at the beginning of the trip and that was pretty wild in its own right but then after that no we weren't going to be able to get everybody together for food i mean different bedtime scoots different nap times um it wasn't going to happen. Now, me, Hannah, my brother, his wife, and myself, we, us four, we had parents watch babies, and we went out for a little nice dinner. That was enjoyable. I think some other people went to dinners here and there, just smaller groups. But that was kind of the nice thing, as chaotic as it was. If you like, hey, I just kind of want to go sit out by the pool, there's probably going to be somebody else out there that you could, like, chat with. Or, hey, I just kind of want to watch TV. It was, like, different. You could, you could kind of – if you wanted to get away, you could get away. If you wanted to go talk with people, you could talk with people. It was a good time. It was enjoyable, but no dinner, no, no, no out to no big family gatherings. That would have been a zoo. So we just had different couples make different meals, different nights. And it was, it was really nice. 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 And that's yeah. probably the most uh, convenient for all. If you just have different people volunteer to make things, just, it just makes it easier on everybody. That little beach community, they pick up the trash during the summers, three days a week. Supposedly during spring break, it's every day. And uh, thankful that they did because after like one meal for, you know, 13, 15 people, it, we just trash bags, trash bags, trash bags. <laughs> and then having all those yeah. kids and diapers and stuff like that, the, the trash would fill up quickly. Uh, Roush, UK football recruiting. Did I miss out on some stuff last week? Uh, I think so. It's, um, I, I know the big news over the weekend, uh, at least from the football recruiting standpoint, Avery Stewart is, uh, going to be officially visiting this summer. Kentucky's been high on his list for a while, uh, an, an edge from the Northeast that Kentucky's, I, I believe he's the former Penn State commitment, uh, that Brad White's 
uh, really done a good job getting it in on. Uh, we did talk about some of the the quarterback recruiting uh, stuff quite a bit last week, where we kind of know where Kentucky's uh, crosshairs are. Um, there's the, the kid from Cathedral, Danny O'Neill, that they just recently offered. Zach had a good write-up on him Friday evening. Uh, but Dante Reno is also in there, as well as uh, Lloyd Carr's grandson, CJ Carr. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain as to what other recruiting stories happened over the week. Um, besides the commitments that I I don't think you were there for. because But those were over the last weekend when mm -hmm. Tommy Ziesmer and uh, Zion Childress both announced their commitments to Kentucky. Okay, this seems like good stuff. Seems like they've got some some momentum going. Yeah, and it was – so what's funny, TJ, before you left, I think we both mentioned, yeah, it would be nice to see them get a commitment or two to get some a little bit of momentum going into June. You want to – and that almost happened immediately. Where on the other hand, I joked that I nailed the – that the, the assistant coach hire was going to happen. Kentucky men's basketball hired the strength and conditioning coach, but we've been – I mean, how many weeks has it been without a third assistant? This is I'm, – I'm starting to think Bruiser Flint might actually become a thing. I, are you hearing that from inside your – I'm not hearing that. I'm just uh, – if they're being quiet this long, I, that's the, the most logical outcome in my head is they've just been quiet because they're just going to quietly – they're going to try to quietly promote Bruiser. That That's the only thing that makes sense to me. I don't – I mean, we've heard – they just besides, can't do that. It just doesn't make any sense. The me man, he man, me boy, or whatever, uh, Mark Maggard on Twitter, he 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 dropped the bruiser thing like two weeks ago, and we just haven't heard anything since. I I it, this is the it, it's bizarre. I, I I cannot understand why it's been so quiet. N no whispers, nothing. I just I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know either. And I don't know why they're not reaching out to some folks in the transfer portal. Um, you're, you're getting more people like Kyle Tucker and whatnot saying they're con the the me man boy Mark Maggard. They're 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 content with their roster. If, if this you know they're not gonna they're not gonna force anything else. It doesn't make sense to me. I I, I don't understand. In in particular, you need to make a hire before this weekend because. You're about to have the EYBL in your state. You just you need to have all of it. And I know that Bruisers passes recruiting tests and he can recruit on UK's behalf until they hire this third assistant. But why let that uncertainty be out there when Jay Lucas is almost certainly going to be on that sideline wearing Duke stuff, recruiting the best of the best right against you? I just I don't understand it. You need to get that done before this weekend when DJ Wagner and all the other best players in the country come to town. As we mentioned, it just doesn't make any sense not to hire. You you could go hire an AAU coach from like you could you could have so much fun with this hire. It could be a totally worthless hire, and maybe it helps you just one iota in some big time recruitment somewhere down the road, and it'd still be a better hire than just promoting Bruiser Flint from within. It doesn't make sense to me. I if they end up doing it, I'll believe it when I see it because it just does not check the smell well, test at all. For me, TJ, it's it's not like I have this big vendetta against Bruiser Flint, but you already have him in a role where you're basically – I mean, I, I think they're getting what they need to out of Bruiser Flint in his off-court role. You don't need to add him to the – go just hire a recruiter. You've got, you've got money, Kentucky basketball. Spend it on trying to get a player or two. Even if – like you said, even if it's just one or two, even if it's just – 
Milt Wagner or Purvis Ellis. I don't give a damn who it is. Use this to get somebody awesome. Do it. Like, no joke. It, it would be, and people would lose their freaking minds. It's not going to happen, and rightfully so. But, like, it would be better to bring back Joel Justice than to promote Bruiser Flint from within. At least yeah. Justice would be hungry on the recruiting trail, and, like, you know, he, he would – just be a presence at recruiting events where you'd have the UK logo in the background and he would do it and he'd do, and you know, he'd be there for that stuff. Even if he didn't help you land one recruit, I think he'd be a little hungrier on the recruiting trail than Bruiser Flint would be. Um, it wouldn't be a good hire. Now, again, like maybe they got something worked up or they, they feel like they can get somebody, but based on contracts, they can't do it till this date or something like that, or it'll save them money. We don't know behind the scenes what's going on. And I always do my darndest to try to give them the benefit of the doubt and be patient with this stuff. But if, if it ends up being bruiser, I'm people are going to lose their minds. And again, I'm, I, I'm, I think it's going to be kind of rightfully so because it won't be a, it won't be a great hire if they decide to go in that direction. And then I, I, I tweeted out yesterday, like, why is UK not even showing remote interest in Matthew Mayer, the guy from Baylor, um, the shooter, the stretch kind of three, four from Baylor? I, again, not even that, like, I think he'd be an amazing player for UK or that he would take UK from a Final Four team to your easily national title favorites. I don't know. I, I don't even know if he'd be a great player for UK. But you have three open scholarships. And you've got C.J. Frederick, who, no offense, seems to be made of glass. Like, I, I think if C.J.'s healthy, he can really help Kentucky in some ways. But... I don't want to rely on him. I don't want to have to rely on him staying healthy. And then you've got Reeves, Antonio Reeves, who, while I like his game, there's probably at least 10 other wings that are more talented than him. UK didn't take any of those wings. I know fit matters. We talk about that a lot on this show, that you can't just go grab the most talented players and say it's going to all work out. You have to get people with the right mindset that are going to be accepting of said roles. You don't want to lose the locker room before the season even starts. That's going to be a disaster. So they liked Reeves. They were fixated on him. I think he's a good player. I'm all right with bringing him in. But Roush, they have – if they don't add anybody else, and I still think they will, no idea who, but I still think they'll add somebody else. But the whispers coming out of UK basketball, there's a reason why you're not hearing a lot right now. And I'll oh. tell you what that is when we return for one final segment of Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports oh, Radio. Okay. Justin Kalen, don't go anywhere. That's a thing. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Sounds like you have mental problems, man. Yeah, you got mental problems, man. Yeah, it really does. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call. Here, fourteen fifty on the AM. Remember, you can get the Kentucky Roll Call podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call. Leave us a rating and a review. Really, if you wouldn't mind, we would appreciate that. And then you will appreciate some cornbread hemp, Nick Roush. Yes, yes. If you had a rough Sunday after a weekend of too much fun, 
cornbread hemp. That's just what you need, especially the, the back eight. Was able to get a good night's sleep despite all my aches and pains. Thanks to cornbread hemp. Use the promo code Big X at checkout at cornbreadhemp.com. You'll get 30% off their full spectrum, all organic CBD products. If you haven't tried it before, try it today. Cornbreadhemp.com, promo code Big X for 30% off at checkout. We love it. You'll love it. Everybody loves it. We love the Thornton's text line. Remember to download the Refresher Rewards app. It'll save you time, money. Every time you go to the pump, we could use a little extra savings when filling up our gas tanks. Thornton's is doing just that for you. Download the app. Save money each and every time. All right, let's finish this thing, and then we do need to run to the Thornton's text line. There's a lot mm -hmm. to get to, a lot of good stuff, some of which I wasn't even a part of the conversations, but that's that will make it even more entertaining. Uh, first things first, finishing up the basketball conversation. I still think they'll add somebody. I don't know who, how good of a player. I'm not sure. But you're getting the talking, the, the mouthpieces of the program, if you will. I'm using quotations around the word mouthpieces. You're getting the mouthpieces of the program saying, we're they're okay if the roster is what it is. If that ends up being what it is, I'll be all right with it too because what else can you do? I'm not going to just sit on the ground and slam my fists and cry. But I will say, why did you not use some scholarships? Why didn't you bring in some insurance in case C.J. Frederick gets hurt? Or you didn't really replace Sharp in any capacity. What are you going to do about that situation? What I do know is that folks around – and this is no secret, really – folks around the program – I think there's a sense that, like, hey, Livingston's going to be we're, – we're good because Livingston's good. We don't need to worry about too much because this dude is going to be a lottery pick. And if he's a lottery pick and Cason Wallace is what we think he is, which would also be a lottery pick, and you have the National Player of the Year, you get two lottery picks and the National Player of the Year and a starting five, holy moly, folks. Like, yeah, that they are good at that point. Then I can understand it. I still would add another body. I, I would. I, you don't. You have 13 scholarships. You shouldn't just use 10 of them. So yeah. I still would add another body, even if that is the case. But Roush, that's what I think UK is kind of dealing with here is, hey, we're not against adding another player. There's a few nice pieces even, but Livingston needs to be playing huge minutes. And if we bring in somebody else, they're going to want some minutes, and then it's taken away from Livingston. The, the understanding is they think he is better than they had thought. I like him as a player. I think he's got a lot of potential. I would not, you know, I don't cover recruiting as much as I do anyway, so take your advice from other folks. But I would not totally rely on him. I think that could get you in some trouble. Now, maybe you go through some lumps in November and December and January, and come March, he's clicking and Kaysen's clicking and UK's back to like the 2015 season or, you know, just where they're playing their best basketball come March which was the exact opposite of this past season. But that's that's the sense around the programs. They really like Livingston. Maybe they'll add somebody else if the right piece comes a lot, comes around. And remember, they've added pieces late in the game tons of times. So they've added people much later than May. They've added people later than June. So you got to be a little patient with this stuff. But, Roush, they think Livingston is going to be a, a special player. Well, that's what – Ideally, your freshmen are playing better than your freshmen in recent years. And that can like that that changes how we look at next year's team. But I, I think ultimately the worry that every Kentucky fan has is just the injury bug. And and I understand leaving a scholarship open. Um, it might lead to another Shaden Sharp situation, which 
by the way, he did an interview, which it, it was just with Shams throwing him softballs. Didn't ask him anything about Kentucky whatsoever uh, at all. It was just one soft toss after another. He skipped media day just so he could do this one-on-one with Shams and then said, you know, when you're a dog, you just got to go out there and you're, you're just trying to catch heads every day. You got to do that as a basketball player. It's like, this is coming from the guy who refused to play basketball for a year. Uh, okay. Uh, but I digress to 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 my my shade and sharp bitterness. Really, I, I I think that's the having the open scholarships. I'm just more worried about like what you alluded to last break or referred to last break with CJ Frederick. He's had injury problems. You've had so many injury problems. It's probably difficult to find somebody who wants to transfer to just be a reserve on the bench. But you need bodies. <laughs> you need bodies. So I that that's the. That's the part where I haven't understood why they haven't added more. If if it's the reasoning they think these guys are going to be better, I like hearing that reasoning and it makes sense to me. Uh, but it also, I'm just I'm just worried because the injury bug has been very unkind to the Kentucky basketball team in recent years. Yeah, totally. Well said, uh, spot on. You just better to have some some extra bodies out there and ideally maybe some shooters. And that's one thing we will save it for another day, but all right, let's say Livingston is a MKG esque or somewhere in that realm, or he's, you know, I think he's a better offensive player, but let's just say he's a good wing. He does everything UK needs. He's going to be a lottery pick. That's all fine and dandy. So you'd look at a roster of Wheeler, Wallace, Livingston, Toppin, Oscar, you know, maybe you could put Reeves at the three and Livingston at the four. I don't think you could do that exclusively. I think you could only get away with that in certain stretches. Shooting an issue if you have Wheeler, Wallace, Livingston, Toppin, and Oscar. You, you'd you only have Wallace would be your best shooter out there. Yeah. And you, I don't know, like probably 35% for him I think would be all right. I think Wheeler would probably end up being around 33 or 34% on the season. Livingston, probably, you know, upper 20s, I think would be nice for him. Toppin, probably somewhere in that ballpark, but he's not going to be shooting a lot of them. I think you could come back and say, will shooting be an issue with that lineup? Um, now, you, there's subs. You can bring people in and bring people out. But if that's the lineup they feel most confident with, then if you need some made deep shots late, you may have some issues. Let's get to this Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. A texter says, not going to lie, Roush, I was pretty disappointed. You only read live text when you had Big Blue Drew on the air. Considering he's a JCPS alum, I had some great texts to discuss when considering the current standard of JCPS and the current of the schooling system. I can always rely on TJ getting those texts read when he's host. Not mad, just disappointed. You're still the man, though, Roush. Well, texter, if you if they were texted in, I would have read them. I don't know, but I don't. I also don't know how to. Like Justin sends them over, and if we got him in, I'm I'm confident, Scoots, that you sent them over. So I don't really know what he's talking about. Yeah, I, I I'm lost as well because I we sent I sent you every text that was sent into the show last week, so I'm just confused. Maybe it was on Twitter or something. He says, if you guys don't mind, I'll copy and paste text from Thursday because I'm curious as what TJ thinks. Roush, I can see Polio's reasoning and interviewing with recruiting because JCBS schools and football is complete and literal dog water other than male. Like the talent is absolutely horrendous. Um, yeah, I disagree. Manuel's pretty decent as well. And there's usually one other team that rotates. But um, uh, Fern Creek has had plenty of talent go through there. It, uh, it rotates. Ballard has had talent go through there. It's just consistently having 
teams because football teams are big and you need a lot of people with them. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of catching the end of that, but I'm glad Polio at least mentioned that public schools recruit yes. as well. Yes. But it, it is such a loser mentality to just throw up your hands and say, we, we can't compete. Um, they have class systems. They did this basically because of private schools. They moved to they 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 made it bigger. Now you, instead of four, you've got six. Just Mayo's been one of the most dominant football programs in the state. <laughs> if, yeah, if yeah. they if they can do it, other public schools can do it. Manual consistently good. They're just you're, they're with the Mayo Saint mm-hmm. X's Trinities of the world. You put them uh, in other parts of the state, they they would probably be one of the best teams in the city. But just stop whining. Everybody just, it's just nonstop whining. Uh, male recruits more than any school in the state. I'm confident. I can confidently say that. I mean, have you seen their basketball team? It's insane. And, and like all of this is, is football related, but male and Ballard were two of the best basketball teams in the state in quite some time. They had a showdown in the seventh region final, like an instant classic kind of deal. We're hell. It went in overtime because if a kid flicked off, the other student section and they uh got teed up and it went into overtime i mean an insane game so uh all all of this is and i, I mentioned it friday it's all just he's mad at saint x for taking kids from one school and saint x has been you you guys over there in the, the football coaching department not being as uh what's not being as discreet as some other who cares uh, like who cares programs in the other St. X is an amazing place to get an education and not the only amazing place to get an education in Louisville. Why would anybody be mad about people getting a great education? Like you are huge losers if you get upset about that. It, it, oh, oh, but our sports team isn't going to be bad. Well, they're going to they're going to go to a place with what like a ninety nine point seven percent graduation rate. They're going to yeah. get a good education. They're going to get not that you can't they're gonna, visit other places, but they're going to get good structure as well. Like, oh no, the humanity, poor polio. It's a great education. Kids should be so lucky. I always said you can't. Say next used to not play the game, the game. Yeah, and, yeah, and they, they did. You know, they would they they give scholarships and they do financial aid, but they would not cater it to athletics. And there'd be a few times where you'd know a really good athlete that would have you know this or that or whatever but they had to put in all this paperwork. Like, you know, did they, did they give it to them because they were good at sports? Maybe, but they still had to go through the old rigmarole to make sure that they were going to get it. Now they're doing more of what Trinity does um, in other private Catholic schools or private schools throughout the state and throughout the country where they're kind of going into schools and saying, we can help more with financial aid for you all. I don't see an issue with it. I think it's great. More people should get education. We'd have a lot fewer issues in this country if more people had better education and the college system's already so messed up. Um, But that's a rant for another day. Well, and that's, that's why I like this next question. Uh, It said, uh, how does JCPS do a complete 180 with their school system? What's wild about it is all in Indiana. You can't even tell the difference between, public and private schools well and that's the and that's why i think polio uh is coming out so hard in the defense of public schools right now is they're doing that change in the student assignment plan and in order to embolden these neighborhood schools you need to keep some of the kids in the neighborhood going to that school uh and playing sports there because sports is the rallying cry so that's his that's his motivation behind it um which isn't the 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 worst motive like i i get it i totally get it and and i mentioned that on friday uh but that's just not it it's not going to happen overnight you know it's just yeah they won't it's not 
A texter says, JCBS is turning into a zoo, but they do pay subs. Absolute cheddar. You can make 145 to 185 a day, depending on your level of education. Uh, that's nice. I, you know, that's still like, what, eight hours of a kid, kid screaming in your face for $23 an hour? Yeah, it, um, they're earning that money. Yeah. Oh, I, I just know that my wife is very happy for, she'll be the happiest person in the city of Louisville Thursday whenever she teaches uh, students for the final time this year. Renovating the schools in general is definitely needed. Most schools haven't been updated since the 50s. Not sure where the funding comes from with all of that, but JCPS just needs massive renovations all across the board. Well, they have, I think, the highest budget in all of the public school system, or maybe third highest behind like New York and L.A. The other thing I did did like about uh, what Polio said too is a lot of their money go like taxpayer dollars from the city of Louisville go to pay for taxpayer funded schools around the state and not just in the city of Louisville. So that that that, that money, as he said, is it's paying for football facilities out in county schools everywhere. It's like yeah, it makes things tough. That is kind of silly, but again, I also. I, I do have a tough time feeling bad for a money crunch from JCPS. Um, not that I think how they spend their money should be looked at more than needing more money. But I'm always for more money for education if it's if it's being spent. Well spent. If, yeah, being yeah. spent to actually help mm -hmm. students learn and help schools become better and, and attract better teachers, teachers that are more invested in students and all that stuff. See, I, text, sorry, I, go ahead. I would just add to like facilities matter to an extent. They lose you recruits, but they don't win you them. So even if you've got something super duper nice, I, I know it's going to help you keep a 14 year old, but it, what's most important is just that it's at a place that sets them up to succeed. And you can't mm -hmm. say that about every, you can say that about very few Jefferson County public schools. TJ, how'd you shoot when you played golf? 99. 99. You made it, buddy. The texter says, second Louisville soccer team's glad they all lost. You suck it. Never Whoa. text into the show again. Go wow. Louisville City. Yeah. Hey, Racing Louisville won. The women won. The men yeah. lost, but we'll, they'll, they'll bounce back on Wednesday in the game that matters more. That's right. It'd be sweet if they got to the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open Cup. It was a big deal when Cincinnati from the USL made it to the semifinals like five years ago or something like that. Uh, Louisville City can do it. They've got a pretty good team. I feel like they get to the round of 16 quite a bit. They do, but, yeah. Um, I think the furthest they've been is quarterfinals, and they lost there. So one win on Wednesday, they get to the furthest they've ever been, and then you win that, and you're you're in uncharted territory. So uh, USL teams have won the U.S. Open Cup before, but it's been a long time. The Rochester Rhinos, the last team to do it. <laughs> Texter says, is Scooter Dingus secretly golfer Brian Harmon? I don't understand this because I don't look like Brian Harmon at all. Like, not even a little bit. With a, with a hat on, I could kind of no. see it. No. With a hat off, no. Uh, Brian Harmon looks a lot more like uh, Murr from Impractical Jer Jokers. Yeah. Though. It must just be because he's a little guy with a goatee. Maybe so. I don't. Yeah. I see the Murr, though. That's a very good point. Also, my brother-in-law said, I don't buy this with Justin Thomas, at, actually at all. But with Zalatoris, he said that Zalatoris has a 28 waistline. I, I believe can, that. I can buy that. Yeah, I can buy, skinny as hell. I can buy that as well. Isn't that nuts? That like a dude with a 28 waistline nearly just won 
one of the biggest golf tournaments of the year. He could smash a golf ball 300 plus yards. I mean, he smashes. He's great off the tee. And he's just this tiny little guy. It's crazy. Like it, it, it doesn't really matter. It really doesn't matter. Um, you just well, have to know how to hit it. That's that's that was that was unbelievable. A texter said that they had Justin Thomas for fifty bucks at plus twenty five hundred. What an epic comeback! Third largest comeback in major championship history. Down seven shots to start Sunday, ends up winning. And the thing was, is I think he was only what three under on the day. Is that yeah. right? I think that's about right. What a payday that is. I mean, is. you just had other people kind of fall apart at the top, but man. Yeah, that, that would be a sweet payday. Yeah. I'm jealous, Texter. Hey, fellas, Brad from Bellbrook here. Sorry, it's a long text. If Stoops continues the trajectories he's on, eight to 10 wins a year, do you think he will go down as the most beloved Kentucky coach of all time? Rupp has a lot of critics for obvious reasons. Joe B., what are those obvious reasons? <laughs> Joe B. Hall followed in his footsteps of the GOAT, and fans thought he underachieved. Sutton got us in trouble. Bettino's Bettino. Tubby underachieved. Uh, and the, the, he, the texture says, and he was black, and a lot of fan base hated that, which is asinine. I don't I don't think that, that was but the conversation for a different day, but we read the text here on the show. Cal clearly has the fan base divided. Um, and the only football coaches who ever seem to get praise are Bear, whose dynasty was created at Alabama, and Brooks, who never had a 10-win season. It seems to me that Soups has the clearest path to being the most loved ever because he's not only most elevated because he's not only elevated the program, but he does doesn't have to deal with the expectations of basketball thoughts. All well thought out, Brad from Bellbrook. Nitpicky agree uh, disagree with a few things here or there, but your sentiment, I think, is uh, is well reasoned. To be yeah. honest, the only thing I would say, Brad, is that Tom has a funny way of changing our perspective on things. If you sent this five years ago, we would say that Cal was the most beloved of all time. But also, look at how Joe B's post-retirement life was hanging around the Kentucky basketball program. He was the program's biggest cheerleader. I would say that as of right now, Joe B is the most beloved person ever. But if Stoops does this for 10 more years where you're averaging, I think he's averaged 7.8 wins per season since 2016. Um, if, if that's the case for 10 more years, he retires and then is like a spurrier that kind of hangs around Lexington, then yes, I, I could see that. But uh, Tom has a funny way of changing our perspective on things. And uh, that that that's going to... How, how he ends his tenure and what he does after football is going to make a big impact on this. And I also think he, at some point he'll need to knock on the door at the national level. Like he'll need to win the East. He'll need to be right there in the college football playoff hunt. He's got time. There's no reason to think that couldn't happen someday at UK. That could happen this year for all we know. Uh, maybe like a number one draft pick or something like that. It, he'll need you know more success on the field than draft picks because he's had some good draft success but I do think he'll need his moment where the whole country's watching UK football and not just all of us being giddy um and there's been bowl games and there's been cool moments like that but I'm talking about with a title on the line a texture says what part of Florida did you hit TJ Carolon Beach kind of 38 area right on the right on the edge of Laguna Beach Inlet Beach if you're familiar with uh, that part of Florida Water was clear. It was really nice. John here. Good morning to all. My gosh, the Warriors are looking like the Warriors of old. The brooms might be coming for Luka and the Mavericks. Hey, when does SEC Conference Tournament start for baseball? And what seat are the Batcats? Do we need to win it all to get in the College World Series? We've got to go talk to you later. We talked a little bit about that in hour one, John. They were the 12th seed. They were the last team in the SEC Tournament. And I think they got to get two wins 
to get in, but that's from a very non-expert opinion on baseball and the NCAA tournament bracket. Just reading some what other folks think. Yeah. Um, as for the playoffs, though, shout out to the the Heat for man. Uh, my my buddy was telling me late Friday night we had watched some of those rough and rowdies, and afterwards he's like, I'm, "I'm telling you, the Celtics are the walks of walks of all walks in Game Three, and the Heat went to Boston, put them on them. That thing is going back and forth. That series is exciting." Uh, Luca and the Mavs, gosh, the NBA. If you ever wanted to see evidence that the NBA wants to extend series, just the call the the fact that they called an offensive foul on Andrew Wiggins, just murdering Luka Doncic at the rim. Uh, NBA rigged, NBA rigged. Did they overturn that or no? That I don't know, but the fact that he called it a charge initially was just, I, I guess you can review those. They probably did overturn it. That was just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, a ref could ever. At once, think that that oh, it's just horrendous. The Mavs Sun series was fun, but this is what I was worried about. If the Mavs actually pulled it off, and they did, that they weren't going to have any chance against the the Warriors. I think the Suns probably still would have lost to the Warriors, but that they would have won some at home. Uh, mm-hmm. Texter says, but the oh, it's my brother. The beach photographer was hotter than the weather. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> DC uh, maybe you all should have turned the camera around, you know? Yeah, yeah no kidding. Uh, we, get a, we always like to get a few of the photographer with the group. You mind hopping in here? DC <laughs> from Lexington here, boys. TJ, good to have you back. But, yeah, from the assistant position being done with this roster, I'm really scratching my head at what the hell the program is doing when it's going to be very important season coming up. TC, I'll just add, it's a quiet time right now. I'll also add, like, since Jay left, I think we know who was kind of leaking some stuff. Like, right since Jay left, there has been – Nilch and I, Orlando talks to Mark Maggard. We know that much, but there hasn't really been a lot since Jay left. Uh, Kyle kind of probably t- talk, touching base with Cal um, about like, yeah, I'm happy with the roster, but also it would be in UK's interest to say that, and that's how they that's what they always generally say. Um, they work behind the scenes, and I think they're working behind the scenes now. But I'm just guessing because TC. Otherwise, I'm scratching my head right there with you. Not to beat a dead horse, but I texted in 37 texts while TJ was gone. Roush didn't read one of them. Sad. Wow. That, that came from your brother who hasn't texted in since oh, May 13th. What did you say, Justin? <laughs> I said that came from your brother who hasn't texted in since May 13th before today. So suck it, Johnny. So you think uh, I, he, so somebody really didn't send in 37 texts? Correct. Like I, I, I correct. think he was just making it, just trying to be funny, which it kind of was. So I'll give him that. <laughs> Way to explain it out, Justin. Louisville High School football, ex-Trinity Mail, who rotates manual is dog butt. Yeah, I mean, that that's why. Hey, but manual's close. The haves are there's the haves nuts. It's it's football. That's how it works. But basketball completely different. That changes all the time. And yeah. Uh, Did Kevin you know Wallace? there's a there's a big time recruit at Atherton for football? It's going to be a junior this year, like a six foot five receiver or something. Which I just Atherton has a football player that can walk and chew gum. I, I grew Shock. up living right next to Atherton, and Saint X used to play them, although they haven't played in a really, really long time. It was always sweet just walking like two feet, getting to watch the Tigers. Usually win like sixty to nothing. Yeah. Good time. Whew. Kevin Wallace taking Bowling Green recruiting style to Saint X. I love it. Hey, if everybody else is going to do it, I'm fine with saying next doing it as well. Yeah. TJ, I took your advice when a couple weeks ago I was in Vegas yesterday. Will Levis, Heisman future, plus 6600 $20. It would pay $1,320. Wow. Nice. Love it. Nice. Get it in while you can. All right, we're out of time. Thanks for all the texts into the show. 
We will fun be day. Back. Good to have you back, TJ. Glad to be back. It's going to be a fun week. There's going to be a lot to get to, some stuff we didn't get to today. Uh, but we want to always hear from you on the Thornton's text line. So keep them coming in. Remember, you can save 25% at Shady Raves with promo code Big X. We're really, really happy to have them on board. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker. Oh, See you on Tuesday with a surprise. Stay in the light, stay in the light.